Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Saldon Sports Girl at Arena. This week we talk to head coach Mike Mulvey, discuss the start of the 2018-19 season and look forward to the City game. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Morrow and Fred comes off the bench for Josh. Happy birthday Josh. Happy birthday buddy. Legend. I didn't go to Noodle Bar. Miss you Josh. Right. I didn't go to Noodle Bar. Either. Are you um, fit enough? To start this week, Fred. Yeah, yeah, no. I've I've, I've been at the gym. Uh, I've had some protein shakes. I've, you know, carb loading as good. usual. Good. Yeah. Every day's a cheat day. Good. Yeah. No, I'm good. Um, you might hear a hum. We've been chasing this hum for a few hours now, and we can't locate it. So, I'm gonna try and edit it out. But mm-hmm. see how we go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. walkout song. Mm-hmm. I know this one. I'm supposed to say I don't know this one. Well, go on, Fred. Live. You're you're very happy with your suggestion. (laughs) Lightning crashes. You can spill it. From throwing copper. Early 90s. What are we playing this for? Maury, you want to spill the beans, mate? Well, lightning struck, but then... <laughs> lightning does not strike twice, it appears. Thunderpants, you're saying. <laughs> Except when he's playing MPL2 opposition. <laughs> I think that the bolt has bolted, or is bolting. Mm. It's a slow bolt, which is rare for him. That's enough. Of that was a bad joke. No more mentioning Voldemort. No. No, it's over, isn't it? Looks like it. The experiment yeah. well, is done. What we've seen on online and what the club has said, it seems to be coming to an end. So, maybe not coming to our paltry sums. Yeah, how much can we say? Eh? Not too much. Well, whatever the paltry sums are, he wants three million dollars, and it, I don't think we've got it. And fundamentally, that the whole the fact uh, that they released well, his team released. The fact that the Mariners had offered him some sort of contract during the game while he was in Melbourne. It's a bit uh, petulant, isn't it? Bit of an unnecessary distraction. Mm. It's not. A, I think it shows a pretty big lack of respect for Mulvey and probably for the rest of the squad too to do that halfway through a game. It doesn't show that, you know, if he was here for the right reasons, I don't think that would have happened at all. So, and I, I loved uh, Mike Mulvey's reaction to Daniel Garb's questions uh, after the game. The perfect reaction for Mike, I think. And um, I mean, you could probably tell by the look uh, on his face and even in the post-game press conference that I assume he is probably over it now and just wants to worry about the football, So, which is completely understandable. And well, we want him to. Mm. All right, we're going to talk about our game first. Uh, one all draw against Brisbane. Some would say a dogged performance in the back. Last-ditch effort. I think we were very lucky. We were lucky that Taggart was off off form on the night. Definitely. Well, we spoke about it last week. He was he was going to be the main threat that they had, um, and it clearly showed that on the weekend. I think they had 20 shots at goal, and he had seven or eight of them. Um, most of them sprayed anywhere but near the goal, except for obviously the one that he did score. Um, so he was definitely off his game on the weekend. Um, I mean, he easily, you could potentially make an argument that the VAR one should have stood. I think he was just off, but 
Uh, and there was the other chance he had that he was just about inside the six-yard box and he sprays it over the crossbar. So, I mean, I think we probably were lucky in a way, but I think we played well enough maybe to, to earn the point. And um, it, was, it was the most, I think it was probably, compared to especially last season, the way that ended, it was probably the most hard-working sort of, sort of performance it wasn't slick it, it wasn't very pretty at times you didn't have much of the ball it, it will look like the players wanted to play which yes. is a complete change from the whole last season where yes. players would just stand there and watch the ball go by yeah it was much more it looked it looked much more is inspired from the outside than what it has recently our sure. dna is never say die and we showed you know glimpses of that old cornerstone of ourselves in this match um and uh, we'll need to um, because, you know, Brisbane were good, but um, the truth is coulda, shoulda, woulda. Mm. Um, I thought actually th- that a couple of the chances that Taggart had were were half chances rather than chances. The header, you've got to be pretty good to finish that and uh, you've got to be you got get plenty on that to make sure that's going to go in. And I thought Sissé did enough on the one that... Um, was in the six-yard box where he tried to deflect it in to put him off there. And, and they, that's the kind of desperation that, that we're talking about, I think, that made a bit of a difference and made us look like we were worthy of our point, even though they sort of outskilled us in some... But it shouldn't have come to the last-ditch effort, though. Like, you know, oh, I agree with that. There were some scary times. Yeah. Like our two centre-backs, Cissé and Golek, they just... You know, they're tall and they're both lumbering. They're basically the same player. And Taggart just ran through the both of them and got free quite a number of times. And I don't know, it just seemed one of them should have been tracking the player and keeping tight. Like the goal, the second goal he did score that counted, he had like, what, a metre or two metres by himself? And he was able to turn inside our possibly six-yard box and have to have another look and just slot it. He shouldn't have that space. And I'd say that was the worst of our defending on the weekend, actually, that moment. Um, because most of the early opportunities came out of their ability to get him behind us and then put him in a good position with our central defenders running towards the goal and him also running towards the goal. And that makes it really tough on them. Yeah. Um, but that chance, then, yeah, you're right. He was. He and was even the first one, like we had two defenders there um, and one of them was running away. I, I don't know if he was going to try and mark. I couldn't see on the telly if there was someone over the right-hand side, but there were... Two of them on the near post and one defender. Thankfully, he was called offside, rightfully. And I think the other, I don't know who it was, was running away from the play. I don't know why. That's, you know, our fullbacks are getting a lot of praise, but um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. We looked very vulnerable out wide too on the straight down the flanks. I think Brisbane nearly got in. I think it was nearly 20 crosses into the box, I think. And that's, you know, that's a pretty scary thought. Um, you know, Rouse is obviously very inexperienced at right back. I think he, you know, he probably gave the ball away a lot. And defensively, he looked sort of out of position as well. I don't think he was getting much help from Conor Payne either. Um, but, you know, he, I think in the second half, he got slightly better. Uh, we got maybe got a little bit more desperate once they equalised. Um, but, yeah, I... I'm not sure how CSA made the team of the week uh, from Fox, but he's in it. So he just looked slow. <laughs> like he, just, he, moved, he, he tried to move to a position, and by the time he got mm. there, the board already gone past. Yeah, look, he a he, number of times he made some very important last ditch interceptions, but he does not look very comfortable with the ball 
I don't know what it is, but he just looks. Neither did Golic. A number of times yeah. he w- he got the ball instead of he had the time like to take one or two seconds to find the pass to play it out. He just kicked it out, and there was mm. one stage where he just he didn't even look. He just kicked it straight back to where it came from, and luckily um, I think it was Hiadier got the foul. Won the or might have been Melling won the foul. Otherwise, they would have been on goal again. Yeah, and you know I think we had about thirty nine percent possession or something like that. So it's it's obviously not probably what Mike Mulvey wants. He probably wants us to hold onto the ball a little bit more. Um, and you know I think also you have to probably give a fair bit of credit to Brisbane because I think their you know front sort of third is quite dangerous. And you know they're my they're my sneaky dark horse to maybe make the top four or top five this season. So I think when you look at that front third that they have. I think we did pretty well at the end, all things all things considered. Definitely that new guy out in the left wing whose name just flew out of my head. He looked Mickelson? excellent. Mickelson, yeah. Some some uh, great touches there, including for the one that uh, Taggart skied over the, the bar. Botiak was very dangerous too. Very, very. And that so. new, the new, the new Spanish guy, Alex Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. Really, seems really that impressive. He might but results are results. We've watched football look really good on the pitch at times over the last few years, and we haven't got results, and that's peeved us. So mm. it was nice to actually get a result when you know maybe uh, this this was um, one of those ones where we got the result more than our um, beauty. Mm. Well, it was it was a classic classic counter attacking goal that we scored. I think it was t- two passes, wasn't it? Well, yes, really Golic intercepted the ball, gave it to Hiarie, and then. He put right straight foot. through to Conor Payne. Yep. Um, well worked, perfectly executed counter-attacking goal at the end. I mean, probably some questions over Jamie Young in goal. I think if you ask Conor Payne, if he's honest, he'll probably tell you that he might have scuffed, the, scuffed it a little bit and it ended up sort of bouncing in the goal basically and it went straight over Jamie Young's hand. So I don't think he'll be very happy with that. But a goal is a goal and you have to make your own sort of luck in that in general, situation. The, the defending was poor, I thought, mm. on that moment, but only because they were put under great pressure because of the speed of our counter-attack being so... F- they put the left-back so far out of position that we just had space and they were in trouble from as soon as the Hiaria ball fell in front of Connor Payne. So, yeah, good stuff to, you know, get the reward for that. Mm. So they had 20 shots with five on target and we had seven with two. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I, I just... I like seeing that there was that extra bit of grit and a little bit of determination, you know, to get that, like Jimmy said, that last ditch effort because, you know, it's, we, di- we didn't see that, you know. It, you know, all those shots last year, one, we would have conceded thousands of goals, you know, but we would have put our head down instantly and let more in. So I like that there is, there's this change, this positive change where we will get down and dirty, you know. I like that Tommy's starting to kick people, you know, in the middle. You know, something that he didn't do last year. We could have won the game. Imagine that. Imagine if Connor Payne's uh, ball off the post goes in. Or Cissé's goal. Cissé's header is allowed. Yeah, yeah, Should have been. Yeah, that's that's a little bit frustrating. I mean, when you talk about the whole VAR thing, uh, it's going to sound very one-eyed, but I think they got the tag at one right in the end. I think he's knee was offside. Yeah, his, his left leg's offside. You can score with your leg, obviously, so that counts as him being offside. And, you know, obviously there was there was no flag raised by the linesman, so play obviously went on. And then so VAR can do whatever they want with it. But with CSA's, if the linesman puts the flag up, he's already made the call. Um, 
you know, VAR can't do anything about that because once the linesman's flag goes up, if the players see that, then they stop, then that's, that's just not how the VAR works. So at the time, it was obviously frustrating because everybody sort of probably thought that, well, why why can't VAR overturn the linesman? Is it, well, because he can't in that instance when he puts up his flag. So should have been that linesman on another day probably leaves it and it should be advantage to the attacking side and, you know, I, the game potentially ends do all or we win, we win 2-1. So could have had three, could have also had none. Right, easily. moving up front with Simon playing as the point man, what he did, this seemed to be wasted quite a bit. It was just, um, he won the ball quite a bit, but it just headed on to, I think, one person out of all the times he did head it on. A lot of the time, it just went straight to one of them. He won a, a lot of aerial, position. a lot of aerial drills. So he hasn't lost any of that. But yeah, you're right. It's it, Ross is not a gonna run onto the flick ons and run into space and. Well, not if Ross it. is meant to be playing in behind him. Yeah, no. And he's you know what. 30 metres away a lot of the time that, that the ball was kicked to Simon. Yeah. But we did see him rotate like we talked last week and so it was there was even Ross nodding on to Simon at some stages in the game. So so we that combination looks like it could have some merit. It just needs to... It was a bit rusty looking, I'd have to say that. Matty um, Simon for me, I mean, the ideal Matty Simon for me needs to be somehow getting that ball down, getting it at his feet and playing in Tommy Orr and Conor Payne and letting Ross get into the box and... That's how, yeah. that's how for me. That's how he needs to play. He needs what to bring it down, retain possession. Yeah. And what about off. what about the possibility of um, getting either uh, Payne or or down the wing with one of those not ons? Yeah, if they were there, but they weren't there a lot of the time. Well, in situations when we turn the ball over, like in, in the goal, Connor Payne had dragged that a little bit and was still quite high at that point and made the run as well. So I don't see why we can't refine the way that we're operating off those Simon crumbs. There was there was a few times if you watch the replay where Ben Kennedy either had a goal kick or had the ball at his feet and he tried to play it out wide and I think he probably kicked it out maybe two or three times on the full. But every time he did that, Batty Simon was gesturing to try and keep it straight in the middle. So it did seem to be a ploy to keep it in the middle. But to me, that's not really utilising Tommy Orr and Connor Payne because there was periods where Orr was in the game but there was also periods where he drifted out massively and we need to get him involved more I think it's true Sammy McCormack Sammy McCormack that's what he's there for we've got a we you know we've got these two guys in here on probably a fair bit of money we need to utilise them as much as we can and poor Hiadia he got uh, left alone quite a bit as well yes uh, a lot of the second like second phase so when the ball comes in say they're attacking comes into our defensive line we managed to head it away or kick it away it seemed to go back to Brisbane straight away all the time uh, which looked like our DMs had just disappeared but um, one of them was a bit further up the field dealing with um, what McCormack not picking up yeah because I mean especially last week he's a luxury player he's not going to track no especially in the first half with Matty sort of mostly up top he was working really hard to try and make Brisbane go long and that was sort of the frustrating thing. They were probably going long and then those loose balls just kept on falling back to them. So yeah. that's where we, you know, it's definitely not a horrible performance at all, but it's we've got lots of room to work with and I think we do have the players to do it. So, But Mike addresses that a bit later in the interview, so yeah. stay tuned for that. 
Um, probably moving on to the rest of the round. Happy with that? Anything else you want to say? Fred? No. I, there's an air of excitement for me. You know, I'm, I like the changes that they've made on the field. I, I, I think that there's this new feel about and you know mike has said it in the press already and he he re re says it uh in our chat you know there's this um it's not going to be pretty but we're gonna we have that winning mentality which obviously we haven't been used to for the last four years you know five when years. did you start coming to games i've been living on the central coast for five years so you haven't had this feeling before have you i've just I've I've lived in the world of depression for cool. five years. <laughs> yeah. This is called hope. Hope is worse than depression because yeah, hope can be broken. Yeah, but I, 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 my wife will disagree, but I think that I'm quite optimistic. So <laughs> even in those it sad normally lasts times, for about three weeks. And there, then it was, goes. there was there yeah. was a part of me that says, yeah, we could do this. You know. It lasts until we get a few injuries, and then January is just downhill. <laughs> I'm hoping this weekend looks a little bit more like we want to take control of the game at home. I think the fans will, you know, need something to appreciate in that respect. So that'd be my one comment about, um, you know, what what would I look forward to it on the on the weekend? Us getting more control of the game than we got in the last one. This will be tough. City are good. So yeah, we have to be careful of Bratton. That's all. A lot of good teams this year. Yeah. Right, okay, let's move on. Adelaide-Sydney opened the round. A one-all draw. thought it was an all right game. Everyone sort of whinged about it, but I thought it was sort of interesting tactically because both teams were really trying to press each other and then I think for parts of the game, they just sort of probably cancelled each other out and then sort of at other parts when they did get through, I think we saw probably two teams that all I think will be towards the top end. What we discovered last year against Sydney is when, even even we did it quite well, is when you press, they tend to shut down a bit, which is what Adelaide did in the first probably 60 minutes. And um, and then they sort of dropped off a bit in which Sydney came back into the game. How good's Buddy Galloway's goal? Fluke. Fluke? Yeah, yeah, I think fluke. it gets a bit lucky yeah, there. Well, Not like Lafondra's. Well, okay, so it is was in the middle of the goal. It should have been a routine save. Is it, yeah, I, I was about to say, and is, all it, is of it how good is his goal or how bad is Redmayne? That was, was a term. <laughs> and all of your mates, uh, all your teammates are saying that was a pass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just to stitch him up. I mean, he... he oh, actually, props for trying. He actually played all right though, Galloway. I mean, hmm. it's, it's a shame that for whatever reason when he left us to go overseas and have a trial... I don't know what happened, but something clearly happened between him and the club, and that's why he didn't end up coming back here. So, I mean, left back, if you ask me at the moment, would I have him as our starting left back? I'd definitely say yes. Yeah. yeah, so not, not on the form that he was when he was here, but that might have been the way he's utilised. Yeah, and maybe things going on. And he disappeared elsewhere. when he went to Wellington, and yeah. now he's uh, shown back up so, in Adelaide. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy for him because I think there's definitely a good footballer in there but not much beautiful football really was there I, no, mean, was I, I thought it was a still no. a stuttering game and, and uh, well, a lot of rust the pace up front though yeah but in the end it was what they needed happened and the quality that Lafondra has there that was just a lovely little deft touch cheeky in there. finish yep, very cheeky very cheeky yeah so yeah they had enough in the end but um, it was an ugly sort of a game at times yeah I was expecting more goals in this one with you know with the good ones coming back and you know the, the, the guns that have come in to replace Bobo and Adrian, you know, I, I was expecting more. But you could see that Sydney were struggling without our former boy Trent. You know, um, yeah, that was that was interesting having to start Brosk. 
you could tell that's that's one thing that now that they will lack for the whole season is speed. Yeah, yeah, they're a slow side. But I think Sydney came out saying that that has totally thrown a spanner in their works with Trent getting hurt. Yeah, because he would have started for sure. Because it was intended for Trent to do all of the leg work mm. for seventy minutes, and then Bross just comes on and just be a douche. Yeah, <laughs> all right. that's what he does. Uh, Melbourne Derby, two one, two City. Had a blackout. Not to to mention the blackout that was going on in my skull after um, the presentation night. Oh, yeah, congratulations, Player of the Year. Yeah, enough said. Move on. Back on the game. Um, VAR ruined this one as well. How's the the trophy? That was never a penalty. Nice, thanks. He doesn't want to talk about it, just like Bolt. (laughs) Um, That was never a penalty. No. That was soft. Not even a free kick. No. No. It's not a free kick anywhere on the field, let alone in the box. And the thing that makes this worse is that when the league try and come out, I think it was late the night of or yeah, very early the next morning night. and say, yep, that was all good and it was all you used right. You can see the contact was made in the box. Oh, oh my God. It's but then brush. later on, the head of the league bloody comes out and says he had the power to overturn it when he watched the replay on the field, the referee. Yeah. So how do you, one, how do you give the free kick? And then number two, how do you watch it another six or seven times in normal speed, in slow motion or whatever, and then still think it's a free kick? But see, I don't think that we would be annoyed with it if he just called the foul on the edge of the box like he did originally. Mm. I think everyone was just going, yeah, whatever. Fine. You made a mistake. But it's the fact that he went back and watched it six times and go, oh, yeah, oops. This whole thing is not VAR for me. It's lack of referees, lack of good referees. Well, this week, that that referee will be sitting at home thinking about those questions, I guess. I hope so. He, he was the top referee yeah, in has, uh, Victorian has, Premier League. Has he not been given the week off? I'm not sure. I haven't I seen that's that he what has, I read. but yeah. he should be. And that's, that's, what, that's what needs to start. Seriously, that's what needs, needs to start happening because these guys are on good money. It should albeit, have been. Well, that was basically They're not first all game full-time, the right? The full-time refs, they're on pretty good money. I'm not sure what the part-time guys get per game, but at the end of the day, you're refereeing a professional competition. If you don't perform, you get dropped. That's just how it needs yeah. to work. We need to improve the referee Amen. standard. Uh, Nick's Newcastle. Nick's winning that 2-1, thankfully. Newcastle missing a boot. And Dets, Roy. Dets were just and Roy, average. Dare I say that? Yeah. Not all of them. Petronas was good. Not all of them. They look really good in the midfield. Attacking midfielders-wise, they look fantastic. Mm. And they made some great opportunities. Vargas. But finishing-wise, I think they're going to struggle unless they do something yeah. in the front end there. Vargas and Petrados will be the two best players all season easily. And I think they'll be left high and dry by the rest of the squad unless they improve in January. I mean, Jair, is that how you say it? Jair? He looks like not that great. Got some work to do there. Average. Average. Sisse looks fitter. We yeah. remember what he sa- I said about him earlier. <laughs> Only just. Yeah. Right, and Perth, West Sydney. One all. This was the surprising result of the round for me. Game of two halves, really. Well, I mean... Perth dominated for most of it. Just yeah. didn't finish it. No. Much, very much like Brisbane. You can't... I know it's hard to judge off pre-season form, but if you do go off it, Perth should have easily destroyed them, but they didn't. Um, so I think Popovich would probably be pretty disappointed with um, how the game went sort of in the end. But, um, you know, you've got to give probably credit to the Wanderers. It's probably hard to go there after the preseason they've had with the squad they have and snag a point out of it. Jason so. Davison was good to watch. He was good to watch. Perth were dealt a savage blow, though, with that goalkeeping error. 
<laughs> Reddy's attempt on the uh, Bonavarti shot. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> Woohoo! Watching watching Liam Reddy try and play out from the back. Glorious! It'll be the most entertaining Lock thing run all season. Really? That yeah. was brilliant. Oh. He's, he's going to get on the scoreboard. There's going to be sure. plenty of Liam Brady mistakes this season. Brady's I can't wait. End. Anyway, we're going to talk to Mike Mulvey now. Aaron's going to go home, so you won't hear him again after the interview. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Luke. <laughs> right, love you. S- stick around. We're going to discuss the Melbourne City game afterwards. All right, we're joined by head coach, Mike Mulvey. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you. That's good. Now, the question that everyone has been gunning to ask you, do you scrunch or fold? <laughs> okay, I probably need to... Can I phone a friend? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay, you need, to give me, you need to give me some bit more information. Okay, when you attend to the bathroom... Ah, Okay. An unexpectedly dubious question. Right. Okay. At least you didn't ask me which hand do I wipe with. No. Um, okay. Um, because then you I would have said I'd want. use toilet paper. Um, scrunch or fold? Uh, folder. Folder. Good. Good man. Uh, organized. Yep. It's a way to go. Don't be like Luke. Don't be like Luke. No. I'm, I'm the Scruncher. odd one out in this Scruncher. group. Okay. Next one. Sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Cupboard. Ah. Good One man. out of two is not too bad. Are we talking yeah. about HP sauce or tomato sauce? Oh, any type of sauce. Yeah. Master Foods. So you're HP I, man? Yeah. HP, yes. So not Master okay. Foods? <coughs> yeah, of course. I use Master Foods <laughs> all the time. There we go. But I do use, there you know go. what? I only just realized that what HP stands do you know what it stands for? No. HP. Houses of Parliament. Oh. There you go. Isn't that I'm the helping image, you in It's in the image on the front of the uh, sauce exactly. bar, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I must admit that you're asking about things like that. I put cornflakes in the freezer, put chocolate really? in the freezer. Hang on, wait. You're going to have to explain that. Yeah. You can't. Cornflakes. You you're, asking, you're asking some strange questions. I'm giving you some strange answers. That's chocolate. <laughs> I, I don't mind the chocolate one. I don't know about the cornflakes, though. Well, you, 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 um, have you ever tried it? No. Okay. <laughs> Is this with milk or? No, no, you, no! You don't put the milk okay. in there and leave it in there. No. Don't knock it till you try it. block of cornflakes. So it's a freshness thing. Okay. You got something to look forward to. I'm willing to try it. I'll report back. Okay. <laughs> All right. A decent uh, first up result against um, pretty strong Brisbane outfit. To be said, um, were you happy with it? Like, were you happy with the performance? Yeah. Look, I'm, I, I was very happy with the performance. Um, what you saw from the team on the weekend, forget the uh, technical side of things. You saw grit and determination. Um, it's been said to me a few times that this team or this club would have lost that game last season uh, by a, probably a wide margin. And look, if, if we analyze it right now, as we have done, um, you could say that Taggart had an off day. He had man, many chances. But if we'd have uh, gone 2-0 up when Connor hit the post, uh, we would have won the game. Um, so I watched many games in the English Premier League over the weekend and there's uh, teams uh, like us, they were under a bit of pressure and they stuck in there and they got results. So uh, I, I'm, I'm ab- absolutely ecstatic for the boys and with the boys from the weekend. Do you have any any real concerns about how many crosses or how many shots they were sort of able to get off during the game? Do you have any concerns with how we were defensively or do you put that up to... Maybe them playing well, or maybe we have a few things no, we of course. need to work on. Look, you, you need to look at the facts. We had eight debutants in the game. 
They're a well-oiled machine. Uh, been together for a few years, apart from a couple of players they brought in in the off-season. So they have their systems and their organisation is is pretty good. And they're at home, <coughs> and uh, the, the the crowd is expe- they're expected to win this game. They're expected to win this game, and uh, we frustrated them. Um, what we can improve on from the weekend was the ability to keep the ball. We didn't do that often enough. Sometimes when the ball came into the back third, uh, we were just clearing it rather than being able to take it under control and play out a little bit more and take the heat out of the game. Um, so we look at the game and say, right, we got a point out of that. And yes, we were fortunate in the end because we rode our luck. Um, but we went with a very adventurous team. We wanted to try and have a go. And I think we were vindicated in that because we identified a weakness in them that uh, we could potentially get behind them quite easily when they're pushing up. Um, and we, we got the first goal from that uh, situation where Tommy played a great ball through and, and Connor's gone gone at the defence and, uh, and scored. Um, but we're a, work, we're a work in progress. And um, like I say, I'm very happy with and for the boys. Uh, but they know, we spoke about it today, that they know we can get better and play better. So moving forward, uh, you're looking at uh, different structures and formations maybe that might strengthen the side um, uh, areas of defending the midfield now that we've seen what we're up against. Um, uh, different plans for the future? Yeah, I mean, look, we've played in, in pre-season, we played Adelaide uh, where we got a bit of a roasting uh, in the FFA Cup. And that was very early on. I think it was our first competitive game. Um, we played um, Newcastle where we, um, you know, it was pretty even game. Uh, they had some get, they had uh, some dominance. We had some dominance, uh, and I think it was evenly matched in the end. Um, you know, we played Sydney FC, where they absolutely roasted us for the first half, and in the second half um, we were much better because we were on the front foot, and uh, we could easily have won that, uh, won that game actually because we had three or four chances in the first fifteen minutes. This was a behind closed doors game, and we, we did quite well. So we're in our infancy, um, but. The, the pledge that I've made to the fans is that we're going to be ultra competitive. We'll never give in. And I think that you saw that on the, on, on the weekend. And and so at home, maybe particularly, will we tr- want to try and get more possession of the ball? You, you touched on that already. Um, how will we sort of go about that differently at home to get that possession? Um, and is that the most important thing for us to do in this next uh, home period? Well, I, 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 I think if I, if I look back to the 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 way that the club played football last year, you know, I mean... Well, we played out from the back, notably. Um, it was notable to me on the weekend that we didn't play out from the back, maybe not even once. Um, although the throw that, that led to the goal, I think. Yeah. Was, um, so mostly we, we went long, and, and that away from home, I guess, is, is um, a good tactic. But what about it? I, th- I, think, I think you need to get away from long ball, short ball, and what have you. It's uh, effective possession. What do you do with the ball when you've actually got it? And I think that... Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, wedded to uh, a style of play in 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 itself. What I, what I actually want to do is make sure that we've got the players who can affect a game plan. Now, if I look at this job when I came here, basically the club had won ten games in four years. Now, as fans, which you guys are, I mean, surely you're not happy with that. So what we need to do is instill a uh, a winning fabric amongst the the players staff and that's why we had a bit of a clear out at the beginning uh, of my tenure and we've brought in players who understand what it's like to win and know how to win and then we've got to put all these players together and mix it all together and get the right formation and the right chemistry um, you know if, if I share with you like with my, my last couple of jobs in the A-League I was with Brisbane I came in 
the, t- the team had won a couple of grand finals under Ange Postacoglu and, and the team was going well and then he left and uh, Rado Vidicic took over and they were ninth in the league and I got appointed and they were bottom of the table and I went in and they were at an all-time low um, but basically theirs was a feeling of entitlement amongst the players they felt yeah we've done this we can do it again we don't have to work so hard and uh, that didn't take so much to fix um, and consequently we got within one game of the grand final and then the week, the year after we won the, the, the grand final and we won the league by however many points. But when I came here, I saw that there was a, a failing attitude. It was you, People were used to failure and not just that, which was bad enough, they were accepting of it. Players were saying, well, it, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not singling out any, any single players, but the, the the feeling I got was, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to get picked next week. So we had to change that. And as fans, if you accept or are part of that acceptance, then you're part of of, of the of the issue. you know. And we need to change everything. So the narrative with regards to Mike Charlesworth, for example, oh, it's Mike Charlesworth's fault, it doesn't put enough money in, or it doesn't do this, or whatever, whatever, whatever. So we needed to change uh, to a, a feeling of positivity around the place. Draw a line in the sand, if you like. Um, because I would like to introduce to the club or reintroduce to the club a, a, a successful era like we had for the first 11 years, where we were up and thereabouts in terms of uh, challenging and winning a grand final. I think we played in three grand finals and won one. Now, why, ca- why can't we do that again? Four, but there's one that we don't talk about. You were involved in. <laughs> I, I wasn't involved in. I was watching in the stands. Oh, yeah, and uh, you were two 0 up, and no, 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 microphone. No, no, we we need to talk about this because that is that is a successful part of the history. Yes, yes, it wasn't the outcome that you wanted, but you take that over what's happened over the last four years, right? Every God day of the week. Yeah, of course. So. It was a it was a, a, a successful period of the club. So I want to take the club back to that. Now, how do you do that? You need to have people who who uh, understand what the culture is around uh, the Central Coast. So that's why Mikey McGlinchey and um, you know Matty Simon came back. That's why I brought Nick Montgomery in from uh, from the Wilderness after he's after he'd finished. Uh, and these are great allies for the club. You know, they they they're great supporters of the club, and they know what it's like to be successful and they've also you know with Nick he's, he's hurt for the last few years because of the way it's uh, the way it's been played out so in a small community like like ourselves we've gone back to, we've gone back to the family uh, values we, we we're going to Haven for uh, our recoveries we, we were there today uh, the lads had a, a dip in the ocean there and we'll mix with the with the community but this doesn't just happen by flicking a coin or flicking a switch or anything like that we have to earn the trust of the public and that comes through performances um, yes, if you've followed my career, you'll see that I play good football that's good on the eye and aesthetically pleasing and what have you. But first of all, we've got to learn how to win. On Sunday, we almost um, could have lost the game. We almost could have won the game, depending on VAR and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we rode our luck. But at the end of the day, we were in there, last-ditch challenges. Where we, we were in there supporting each other, and that gives me great hope for the future. I think what we saw on the weekend too for the first time in maybe nearly three or four years was that last-ditch sort yeah. of desperation in defence, you know. And there might have been some times where they got through maybe sort of relatively easily, but there was that last-ditch attempt that we, we haven't seen that 
in years. We haven't seen that sort of hunger in years. The effort to get the last touch on the ball. Yep. Yeah, and I, we see I, that as a Mariners cornerstone from history. It always mm. has been that that work hard spirit, that never say die, and work um, and work for each other, which is yeah. something we haven't seen in yeah. a long time. I mean, if I look back when I was uh, with Gold Coast or with Brisbane, whenever we came here, it was always a difficult place to come. You know, you'd have Nick and um, and Hutch in midfield, and you know they would slow the game down when they needed to. They'd speed up when they needed to. They'd give free kicks away. They they would run the game. It was very very difficult. Um, so. We, we we don't we don't want to start off well. We want to be the, the princesses of football and play beautiful football and all this kind of stuff and get beat. Ah, oh, unlucky Mariners. That's what's happened for the last four years. So I'm talking about changing the narrative with regards to how the the club is viewed, and I want to do that off the field as well as on the field. Can we frame that speech? Yeah, That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of people going to like hearing that. Music to plenty of people's ears. And look, you know, it's not going to be. It's not going to be um, an instant fix because you can't do that in football. What it is going to be is um, a gradual increasing of um, understanding through the players and also through educating the fans about this is what we're about. And I know from having played here before with visit with visiting teams is that it's a very difficult place to come to. And if you're if you're if you're you know not on your game, you're going to have a very very tough game. And that's what I want everybody to come here and be, you know, difficult to be. And I'm, I mean, John, John, obviously, was talking about on the weekend. We want this to be a fortress. Well, we've gone there and we've won in their fortress. We, we've got a point in their fortress straight away. Now that's our start, and and I promise you, we'll get better and better because the players will gel a little bit more uh, each week. Have you got your own Nick and Hutch in the DMs? Are you happy with our defensive midfielders? We've got, you know, I without disparaging those two, you know, they had a bit of mongrel. And you need mongrel in football, you do. And uh, Nick and Hutch both had that, and that's a compliment to both of them. Um, we've got Jacob Melling. Jacob's got that in him. Uh, Tom Harage is more of a footballer, uh, but he, he he mixed it on the weekend, which I was very happy about. And he's been told he needs to, you know, add that to his game. Um, and the lad that you saw in the last thirty-five minutes, uh, Aidan O'Neill, you, you'll you'll see that from him. So. Yes, I think we have got those uh, those personalities. Is O'Neill back to being fully fit? Because that was, I mean, in pre-season, he was pretty impressive up until the injury. We didn't get to see too much, but everyone knows, obviously, where he's come from. We know that he's going to probably be class. It looked really good when he did come on on the weekend. Does he force his way in this weekend, or is he still not ready? Well, like I said to you before, uh, I don't want people to own a position. I don't want people to uh, own that shirt and say, well, if I'm fit, I'm in. I want them to understand that if they give good performances for the team, they will be rewarded. And what I want is a headache. I want a, a difficult situation. <sighs> do I play that one or do I play that one? And if you've got that as a coach, it's, it means that you've got strength in depth. Um, with, with Aiden, Aiden is, uh, for those who have seen him, you guys would have seen him in, in a little bit of the preseason games. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good young player. Um, and he's, he's, he's in a, he's in a, a race to... Um, you know, get to the top, and he's he's taken a, a leap of faith by coming to us from uh, Burnley. Um, there's a twofold situation. He's coming for us, and also I told him that we, you know we could help him get into the Socceroos as well. So that's that's part of the deal. Um, he is uh, probably about 95% fit right now. Uh, after the weekend, he was probably 90% fit, and I just didn't want to rush rush him in. And also, Tom had done well the week before. So, again, rewarding that guy who'd done a job. And, and Tommy played quite well on the weekend. 
when Aiden came on, he definitely made a difference. So uh, he's definitely in contention for the weekend. Uh, continuing with injuries, um, how did uh, has Gamero going, and how did Simon pull up after the weekend? Uh, Corey Gamero had um, a hamstring injury probably about eight to nine weeks ago, and he struggled to get back from that. Um, he he had a, uh, another problem with it about a couple of couple of weeks ago, and we 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 took him back to square one, and he's progressing quietly and I've told him that he does not come back into training until um, or even into contention until he's completed a couple of weeks of serious training mm-hmm. um, so so that's Corey um, Matty Simon is Matty Simon he's a warrior he got a terrible a terrible um, knee into his coccyx yeah. and that caused uh, that's very very painful and uh, he was not able to sit down at half time um, and, and he, he soldiered on for about 15, 15 or so minutes into the second half. Uh, but you could tell that his um, his power had gone a little bit in the second half because he wasn't able to uh, to contest uh, aerial challenges and uh, he wasn't able to move as quickly on on the floor. So since then, um, he's looked after himself. He's recovered quite well and um, he had a light session this morning. I th- I'm sure he'll be at training in the next session. And two more, Aspero and Hull. Jonathan Aspero is uh, on track to be uh, cleared by the doctor for proper full contact uh, later this month, early next month. Yep. Uh, so probably by December the 6th, I think he's not, uh, sorry, December 6th is nine months. And usually you add about three weeks on top of that. Uh, at the moment, he's playing in the sessions, but with non-contact. Okay. Um, and he's looking very good. Uh, I like Jonathan. That's good. Um, who else did you ask me about? Andrew. Ooh. Andrew Hull uh, was our best performing player at uh, pre-season until he got injured. He was in fantastic form, and I, and I don't say that lightly. I won't. I wouldn't say it uh, lightly, but he was in fantastic form, and he got a, a bad metatarsal injury, which required uh, a boot, and it didn't require surgery, but it required a boot uh, to get him right. And he's he's back training with us now, and he's probably he told he told me he'd be ready for the Melbourne City game, um, and he uh, would be great if he was. But I think that uh, maybe at least another week. So you may really have a few headaches in a couple of weeks when we get these sort of injured players back. Well, actually, I do have a headache, headaches at and the moment. Now, yeah. yeah, I do. I do, for sure, because there's. Uh, I look through the squad and I think we're pretty strong there. Uh, but you're right. If you bring Andrew back and you bring Corey back, uh, Jonathan Aspro, yeah. And, and this is the hallmarks of any successful team um, anywhere in the world is that you've got strength in depth. Um, you know, and I, I and I'm very happy with the squad that we've got, and um, I think that once we are all are fit, then um, it, you know, exciting times lie ahead. How did you rate Clisby and Rouse on the weekend? Because it seemed obviously, like I said before, Brisbane did get in wide, sort of a fair bit, and they did get in a lot of crosses out wide, and we've obviously got McGing and Miller as well who can maybe switch into those. Did you? Were you sort of happy with their performances on the weekend? I thought uh, both fullbacks were excellent. Um, you know, we put Kai in a right fullback position, which uh, is relatively new. Well, have you have you ever seen a left-footed player playing on the right hand side? We've so. all <laughs> seen a right-footed player play on the left hand side because you yeah. haven't got any left footers. So we've actually got three left footers in the back four with uh, Golic, uh, Clisby, and Rolls. Um, what you have to remember is Kai's twenty years of age, and he. Uh, was asked to play in that position for only a week uh, training and I thought he was fantastic in the game. He made a lot of mistakes and gave the ball away and st- stuff like that. 
but I don't mind because he 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 made up for that with the will and the uh, the decision making that was uh, fundamental in, in in stopping a couple of their attacks. You know, he made an unbelievable tackle, which was given as a penalty, uh, yes, which went to the VAR. Not even nearly. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, even but, in real time, looked. But no, Kai Kai was outstanding for a young lad, twenty year old, to go in there and. One of the issues we've had in the in the preseason uh, was in the right fullback position where Jake and um, Maddie would play there. They're both good at going forward, and we were just getting just balls played in behind there, and uh, people were, were exploiting that space. Now they did exploit the space a little bit more on the weekend as well, but Kai, with his more defensive uh, instincts, was able to uh, negate that. So talking about headaches and team formations and team setup, are you going to change it? Game per game, or are you going to play your way, or are you going to change it to suit the opposition? Well, I had uh, I had some interesting texts today from uh, journos and friends and what have you saying. Oh, that's great to see you playing playing those six uh, attacking players and, and what have you. And I said, oh, yeah, I might change it this week. He said, No, 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 no. I, I love I love what you're doing. I said, I said, no, look, it's um, it's. It, I think I said the other week that uh, it'll take a bit of time to bed down the right system. Yeah. For the club, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wedded to a system. I'm not wedded to. You basically look at your players that you were, that we brought in and look to uh, play to their strengths. Um, what I want to play is, you know, I want to play out from the back. I want to play good aesthetic football. But if if you don't learn how to win, and you don't learn how to hang in the game when you're not things are not going well, um, those are those are traits that are, are missing in the game. So, you know, I will talk about grit and I will talk about determination and I talk about the players, uh, to that, uh, about that to the players. And at the end of the day, I had, a, I had a great team in Brisbane that played fantastic football, but also had grit and determination. Mm-hmm. And that's where we will end up eventually. It's getting the players to recognise it, that the two can go together. How did the move back to Australia come about? Uh, were you looking to come back here at some stage or were you happy in Thailand and this just came up as a really good thing? Yeah, I love Thailand. Uh, I was in Malaysia before that. I, I was at uh, Sabah, which is the eastern side of Malaysia, and then I was in um, Terengganu, very totally different areas. One sort of like a bit of a, um, a holiday sort of town, party town, and uh, one is a, a very highly Muslim area in northwest um, of, of, of Kuala Lumpur. And I love both of those places, I learned a lot, of, uh, a lot about culture and other people's, uh, how they live, live their lives. Um, the football was a little bit different um, than, than what, what I've uh, been used to, but it was very cutthroat. Then I, when I went over to Thailand and I really enjoyed it there, I love Bangkok. If, um, it's one of my favorite places in the world because it's, um, it's, it's, it's uh, free spirit and you can just you know, enjoy your life there. Um, but also have a, a, a seriousness about it if you've got a good job to do, which which I had with uh, Police Terror. Um, so to answer your question, no, I wasn't looking because I'd had another couple of opportunities of people uh, asking me if I was interested in jobs in Australia. Um, and I'd said no. Um, and when this came along, um, I, I spoke to my agent and he said, this is going about, but, you know, it's, it's low salary and it's this and that. And I said, okay. And I, and I said to him, I said, uh, what's the makeup now? Who, who's the CEO? Who's the, who's the owner? Because I wasn't following that much. And um, he told me, you know, Mike and uh, Sean. Um, so I, I spoke to, in a roundabout way, I spoke to Sean 
I spoke to Nick Montgomery. Um, I spoke to ex-players who have played here, who I know. Uh, Zach Anderson was one, uh, who I've known Zach for, for a long, a long time, uh, and he told me some great things about the club when he was here, and uh, I would absolutely love it. Uh, and there was people, there was a few people who were pushing my barrow to say, uh, "You need to get him." So I listened to those, and then I had some good conversations with Sean, uh, and that progressed to, to having a conversation with Mike Charlesworth. And I said to him that, um, okay, I, I, I see that football works in cycles. Um, you guys were very successful for the first 11 years, uh, played in a lot of grand finals. Four. Four. <laughs> and you won one. And, uh, you know, so I, I, uh, I said, well, here's, here's a cycle that's happened for four years. You've been unsuccessful. And I looked at it a little bit more in minus 35, minus 30, minus 18, minus 20 in goal difference for the last four years. I said, okay, so, all right, I can see what I see what see where some of the issues are. You know, I, I looked at, uh, I spoke to some people, prominent people in Australia, I said, what's the problem at the Mariners? Okay, I didn't have a goal scorer, played too much bit of side to side, and no real purpose at times, but played beautiful football. Um, and and I, I had a look at some of the tapes, and I saw some of the games, played some good football, no problem at all. But you can't keep playing good football and losing. You can't keep playing fo good football and losing. And and that that is... The, the thing that sort of tipped me into it to say, okay, right, we can turn this around. So as long as you're given some kind of a, um, you know, a lead in by the owner, and that is that tell me exactly what it is, where we're at, what can we spend, what we can't, can't spend, what are the resources, et cetera, et cetera. So if you tell me all that, then there's nothing as a, as a surprise when I get here, no problem. So I'll sign for two years, uh, but I'll stay for four and I'll work out a succession plan for when I leave, um, and I'll turn this club around for you. Okay, so we were on the same page. Uh, Sean was fantastic, has been and, and uh, is uh, fantastic. Uh, his handling of um, w where the club is at and his management of um, certain issues that you know have happened recently that you might you might be aware of. Um, you know, <laughs> I haven't he, got a clue what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, but he, he's been great. But he, he allows you to, to, to get on with the job. Um, and we're bringing uh, my own staff in. Um, we're, we're just uh, looking for somebody else to, to add to the staff as well. Um, so it's, uh, it's all good. So, yeah, I, I wasn't really looking forward to coming. I wasn't looking to come back to Australia, but I am really looking forward to being here. And I consider myself a coasty now, uh, if you'll have me. And um, Where are you living? Terrigal. Okay, you're is that right? What a yeah, spot. That's all right. <laughs> Where all the coaches live. <laughs> it's the place to be. Well, the, the, good, we'll la the good ladies the are a com, a com PTY limited. They they found me the place, so that's good. Oh, okay. Tough spot to live. How? Speaking of the owner, he's, I mean, he's been... Uh, Can I just say, you keep answering our questions before we actually get <laughs> yeah. to them. So. Ah, <laughs> very that's good. a good convenience. You're very good. You're going to have to tell me to shut up, okay? You're very good. <laughs> that's um, all good. I mean, he's probably copped a lot since he's since he did take over the club. And I mean, obviously, we're, we were very successful. And then when he did take over, you know, I guess us three or four in here, we understand the reasons why we had to go through what we did. But obviously, nobody liked it. And then it sort of got to the point maybe after one or two seasons where it was like okay where are we going has he has he been very sort of open with you and giving you the resources that you need or have have you have you had to go to mike and say mike this is what we need to do to be successful you you need to give this or has has he gotten to the point where he's like i'm i'm i will sort of give you the money to 
do what you need to do because this year we've, we're spending the most we've spent in the last four seasons, I think. Yeah, um, look, um, like I say, I asked him for the parameters when I arrived um, or before I took the job. Um, what do we spend? What don't we spend? What's available? And I said, okay. And once I decided to sign, I said, I will not ask you for one more penny. I will not ask you for any more money. And that was my pledge to him. I'll get the job done as best as I possibly can with the resources that you've given me. And I meant that, and I haven't been back to him for any more money. Um, and I said to him that we needed to change the narrative because people people were saying, oh, Mike Charlesworth doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and doesn't do that. Everybody gets $3 million to spend on their salary cap, give or take, that $100,000 or whatever. Um, and it's how you spend that money, whether you buy goal scorers or whether you buy wingers or whether you buy defenders or, or whatever. So. Um, I think that we were fortunate in that we had uh, quite a number of spaces in the roster to be able to fill with new guys rather than, you know, we had to, we had to um, pay out a couple of contracts to, for, for guys to, to move them on um, to bring in other people. Um, so that's restricted us a little bit this season. So uh, a few weeks ago, Mike came to me and said uh, by text, he said, Mike, if I made some more money available, what would you do with it? And I said, wow, okay. Uh, well, basically, we'd be able to uh, uh, look on the top shelf in down, instead of down the middle shelf. And that's how we ended up getting Ross McCormack. So how did that move come about? Um, Ross, Through your contacts? Or? Yeah, Ross played uh, for Melbourne City, as you yeah. are aware, last season. Um, he played for Melbourne City, scored, I don't know, 17 goals in 15 games, something like that. Uh, he went back and he has not played a game since until he played on the weekend for us. Uh, he's been he's been sort of like uh, jettisoned by the Villa, and he's on another two year contract. So uh, they didn't want him. I imagine they didn't want him going to another Championship club or an English club, or so, because if they went, if he went and scored a load of goals for them, it would look very bad on on Villa. So if he comes to little old Australia, um, it's okay because you know it's far away and no one will hear about it. But um, so it came about through. Um, through uh, a very good agent who suggested that um, we can we can get this guy. He's the goal scorer. Um, so we did our background checks, and you know there was there's there's always two sides to a story. So uh, we you, you must do your due diligence. You must do your due diligence. Um, I think many many people get burnt by not doing it properly. So I think we've seen that in the past, maybe three seasons with. A couple of ex players that we have signed, yeah. visa players, and they've obviously not worked out. Yeah, and, and, and that's unfortunate, but it does happen everywhere. Uh, so we, we do as, as best we can, and um, you know, once we've done the due diligence, we said, right, yeah, this is the guy, this is the guy, and you have to look, have a look at his record. Uh, so people were saying, you know, he's a bit of a troublemaker and what have you, but you know what, Ross has been captain at Leeds United, captain at Fulham, um, he's played at uh, big clubs, he's the highest goal scorer ever in the championship. Just equalised by um, uh, David Nugent. I'm not sure where he's playing at the moment, but he's he's just and he's like 38. He's six years older than Ross. Um, and you don't become captain of those two clubs unless you've got something about you. Um, he just had a bit of a, a, a lull in his career um, and, and a bit of a falling out with Aston Villa for one reason or another. He's playing at Derby. Okay, Nugent, right? Okay, and 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 you look at you look at Ross's, uh, and then then we bring him in. Uh, I spoke to him, and uh, he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. He, he we decided that we bring him in, and we're not going to just um, smash him and get him fit, because that would, 
you know, dull him, if you like. We wanted to get him fit by playing football. So right now he's not 100% fit, but he's on the way. But what he brings with his football brain is, um, is, 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 is second to none. So that signing of McCormack wasn't actually in the works for that long, or was it? Uh, we, I, I had, I spoke to his agent uh, at the beginning of um, when I first arrived, um, and we were talking to one of his other players called uh, Anthony Stokes, yep. who played for Celtic and was a goal scorer also. Anthony's now playing in Iran at the moment. So uh, when when Ross came about, we spoke to Barry, uh, who's his agent, and uh, very quickly we we worked out that. Um, you know, he was keen um, and, and the agent, the good agent here in Australia um, got together the other agent and uh, quickly put a deal together. I suppose we can ask the same questions about Orr as well. Tommy Orr was a lad that I had at uh, Queensland Academy of Sport as a 15-year-old. Um, he was uh, very, very close to being jettisoned from the, from the program because of his size because uh, he was only a young lad and uh, at that time the Dutch were coming in and saying well we you know uh, you know we want some ball players and what have you and, and the system was saying well he's too small and he's not going to make this height and he won't play that so I said no no he's a footballer he stays in the program so that was my first introduction with Tommy he worked with me for three years at the QAS and then uh, I facilitated his move to Brisbane with Frank Farina um, because there was a connection between QAS and um, and, and Brisbane Raw and we were basically their feeder club. So I facilitated, facilitated his uh, contractual thing with his mum and dad and Frank in the room, and away he went. And then within a year, he got uh, signed by Utrecht, and him and uh, Adam Sorotta and Michael Zulu went to Utrecht as a three. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the money was for Tommy. Um, so Tommy and I, we, we've kept in contact over a number of years, and um, I'm very excited that we were able to bring him back. Yeah, two very good signings there. Mm. Any of the new signings that we have, sort of including those two, was it hard to convince them to come here to a club that's been so unsuccessful for probably, you know, what sort of feels like a long time now? Um, Was there anything that you sort of had to really try and sell to them to get them across the line? Yeah, what you have to sell is the the vision. You have to sell that there's a plan, that they come into something that they could be successful for. And the first thing I want to know from any player I want to bring to anywhere is, do you want to win? If the first player, if the player asks me what's the first thing is or my salary, I'm not interested. It doesn't matter how good the player is, I'm just not interested because his motivation is wrong for my, for my, yeah. my, my mind. And I think it would be wrong for this club. So, he, uh, so for example, Khalifa Cisse, Matt Simon, Mikey McGlinchey, Gamiero, Shabao, or McCormack could all earn much more elsewhere but they decided to join us because they can see a project they can see something that I want to be I want to be part of something that is going to be or trying to be successful and um, you know at the end of the day what players have the um, ability to do is earn money but not all of them earn medals or win medals and um, when you do that, you realize how special it is in your life. It doesn't matter how much money you've got over here, but you've got that trophy that you won there. You were part of that. Um, and they, they've all come here for that. So I asked them the other day, I said, 
I said, I want you to share with me, any of you, any of you um, I'll tell you why I came to this club. This is before the Brisbane game. I said, this is why I came to this club. I saw a challenge. I'm going to take this challenge head on. And I decided to bring all you guys in here. And I trust every single one of you guys to do the right thing. I don't expect you to be on the ball all the time, but I expect you to give hard work for the club and understand that this jersey that you're wearing is very, very important. And you work hard for this jersey the whole time. So I said, does anybody want to share with me why, why you came? And um, I think it was uh, the captain said, I came here to win. And that's enough for me because that's what we want. And, and I know that's not going to be easy to do, but that's, what, that's our common goal. That's what's binding, binding us together. And, um, and, and that, that's what our pursuit is. So one of the positives or that many fans think about you as a coach is that we won't be as one-dimensional as we've been in the past. So there were times on the weekend when we pressed and other times when we sat back. Um, obviously, you're going to adopt a sort of pragmatic plan for each opposition as it comes. Yeah, I think uh, if I look at um, our performance versus anybody else's performance, it's usually 75-25. So we want to know a little bit, 25% of them and 75% of how we want to play. So if you're 50-50, if you're I, I, I think that, that you, you are governed by what will they do before we decide what we're going to do so let's have a plan let's go and do something and be able to adjust have flexibility be adaptable um, and I think we've got players to be able to do that so do it best at the time yeah I mean look at, at the end of the day um, one of the very first things I asked the players to do and we did this too much against Brisbane was when you get the ball look forward and play forward if you can if there's an opportunity so Brisbane basically push up they push up as, as a group and the goal we, came, we, we scored was when they were pushing up. The left fullback had left his position. Tommy Harage has uh, uh, got the ball and he's played with the outside of his right foot to Connor, who's exploited that space. Mm -hmm. So there's a player who was making a forward run and the ball was played to him and away he goes and scores a goal. Now, what I see a lot in football is that that won't be exploited. That ball will be played side to side and just, oh, let's get comfortable possession. Now, what we did too much of in Brisbane was we tried to play that ball too early which looked like we were playing more longer passes than shorter passes. So we're better than that, and we will get better at doing that in games. Uh, but I still want the idea is to score goals and to do that straight away is get the ball, uh, or when you're receiving the ball, know that there's people making forward runs. Can you play them? Now, consequently, I don't want to turn this into a coaching tutorial, tutorial but... If if you're making forward we don't runs, mind. I think the listeners would well, appreciate that. Well, if you if you've got if you're making if you've got players who are making forward runs, the defenders defend deeper. Yeah, that means this creates space in front of the defenders where we can play the ball into Ross McCormack, into Connor Payne, into Tommy Orr. But if we've got people who are stretching the defence, then we can do that. If we haven't, the defence is more condensed, and it's very much tighter area. Yeah. So um, we've got speed, which um, is is a very uh, key. So is, it, is it Ross's job to sit in between the lines? Is that what he's yeah, Ross to? came here like a goal scorer. I told you before, he's got this the, the, the number one uh, goal scorer in the Premiership. But he's much more than that. He's okay. a, much more than that. He will score goals, but he'll also make goals as well. He's, you, you look in, a, in, in 10, 15 games time, and I'm sure you look at the assists and uh, also goal scoring, and you know they'll, they'll probably be equal. Well, that assist he gave to that... I can't remember his name, but um, that was a nice flick outside of the boot. Well, he made yeah, he, he made Bolt look good by the, by doing that, you know. And, and but then he still had to go and finish it. You said it, not me. Anyway, 
Um, Speaking of, I, I just, it's interesting around the captaincy. Um, obviously, Matty Simon left the club a couple of seasons ago. Went to Sydney, he's been used maybe as, as a bit part sort of a player at Sydney. Um, obviously, obviously, he's a local. It might seem obvious to some people why he was made the captain. Can you talk us through the process of how you sort of come about that? Well, I knew exactly who needed to be the captain, but um, I, I, I'm not I'm not the kind of coach or leader who says, right, that's it. I've made a decision. That's it. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking for consensus. I want to I want to discuss things with people. Um, it's called collaboration. You speak to people, you find out, and then we decide which course of action to do. Now, of course, at times you've just got to make a decision. Um, but with a captaincy situation, um, it was obvious to me that Matt should be the captain. But I asked everyone, and everyone was unanimous. It was, it was Matt Simon. Um, and, and what I will say about Matt is um, he, he's got some miles left in his legs because he has been a substitute for Sydney for a number of years and been mightily effective. Um, but he's a much better player than people give him credit for. Much better player. And uh, that's not lost on me at all. He's a very good player. Um, we could mix it in the air. We could mix it on the ground with him. He's a combative player. And I can tell you now, there's not one centre-back in the whole league that likes to play against him. So he will, he will, uh, he will add um, a, a, new, a new dimension to the club, which, which he was here previously, and he, and he did that before. Um, and we can use him uh, as a frontline player. We can use him off the bench. Um, but he's a great leader. He's a great leader, and uh, he leads by example. So for as long as Ross is here, is it in your plans to start them both whenever sort of you can? Because I, I guess some people were um, maybe thought Matt Simon might come back here and maybe be, maybe have that same role as what he did at Sydney now that we had Ross. But obviously, is he more of a club captain or is he a on-field captain or is he just oh, he's the both. captain? Yeah. He's both. He's the captain. Yeah. So he's you're captain. seeing him playing a fair few more minutes than he played at Sydney? Well, I didn't bring him here to sit on the yeah. bench, yeah. but he can do both. He can be effective uh, as a 30-minute player, which he was very effective for Sydney. Uh, and Arnie used him in the right areas at the right time. And you know, I saw that from my own eyes in the in the uh, the games that I watched at the end of last season. I saw him in the, in the semi-final. I think it was uh, Melbourne victory. You know, he came on and caused havoc. A wrecking uh, ball formation. Sorry? A wrecking ball player. Well, you know, um, like I say, he's more than that. He what? is more than that. But, but that's what Sydney used him for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we know him as more than that. He's our leading goal scorer still. Correct. So you know, it's <laughs> Correct. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I, I've had this... Uh, you learn lessons in life. Now, when I, my very first um, job in football uh, as a full-time coach... Uh, sorry, it wasn't even a full-time job. It was a full-time job I got paid part-time. It was with a, a, a club called Ipswich Knights which was an amalgamation with two teams from Ipswich called Cold Stars and Ipswich United. And I went there as the, the, the head coach in 98. Um, and then I did one year there and then I went to the QAS as a, as a full-time coach. And uh, I had a player there called um, Peter Vogler, who, if you do your history, he, he played baseball for Australia in the Olympics and was a, a footballer who played for, for the Ipswich teams, and he was a formidable opponent, and everyone hated him. He was elbows and arms and this and that, and he was giving as much as he could on the field. And I, and I, and I learned a lesson there was that when I went and coached there, he was the nicest guy I've ever met in my life, the best athlete I've ever coached in my life up until that time, and what a good player, much more than you gave him credit for. And Matt Simon fits that because no one likes to play against him, 
every opposition coach will say, oh, what about him? But I'll tell you what, they'll be fearing him, watch him on set pieces, watch him, uh, watch him, watch him around the box, close him down. Um, so um, I learned that lesson back then is that, you know, uh, when, when you've got your own team and you're cocooned, you've got this, uh, you know, and, you, and you, you hate the opposition and all this kind of stuff. We've all done it. And you do it from the terraces as well. Um, when you get them down and you're part of your team, oh, he's all right after all, you know, he's okay. And that's what Matt Simon is. He's, he's, he's not liked by the opposition because of what he can do to them. Um, but he's a great guy and I'm really happy that he's our captain. Borussia Springs to mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> on my mind. Well, well I, I, I can speak with authority because uh, he was my player in Brisbane. Yeah. And um, what a fantastic guy. Yeah. And you know what his number one attribute was? He wanted to win. He yeah. didn't care if he scored the goals. He wanted to win. That actually suits our DNA, but there are some other parts that we didn't like as much. <laughs> well, we spoke, we spoke to Borussia's uh, management um, uh, and he came back and said that... Uh, Thank you very much for the offer. I really would appreciate it. Come back and play for you at the Baroners. He said, but I've got this uh, deal at uh, Japan and I want to see it through. That's the kind of man he is. He wants to, you know, he was on the bench. He wasn't playing, but he's going to win another championship. Four. Oh, okay. Fair enough. TK there. Yeah. Yeah. That would have that gone down like a lead balloon in it. <laughs> would have got tongues but... <laughs> wagging. <laughs> Are we looking at signing anyone in January? Um, look, we... What I don't, see how we go first? No, no. What, what I, no, definitely, we are. We are, okay. what, what, what I don't want to do again is go through uh, this period of time from when I arrived to now in terms of recruitment because it's a hell of a job. It's 24-7 plus, plus, plus. Yeah. Nick Montgomery and myself have spent countless hours on telephone calls, video um, link-ups, um, watching players, getting getting scouting reports, getting scouts to go and watch players and give us more information. Um, and it, and it's, it, it, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of time. And I don't want to do that again. So what I've said is that, okay, we'll do this now. Uh, we get, we'll cobble this group together and then let's start looking now. So our scouting department now is looking at the kind of players that we want in positions that we want for the future. So we're already talking, I'm talking to a striker tonight who I'm looking to bring in, not not in January, but beginning of next season. Um, and, and that potentially could be a deal that's put in place um, soon. Um, so we are looking for, you know, I mean, we, you know, we've got Ross on loan, for example. Yeah. Um, who knows how long that loan will last for. He's going to manage the switch now as well. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. he was he was recalled, what, halfway through last season, wasn't it? He was. He went back in January, but yeah. that was because... He was an injury was, cover for Thorne yeah, Rowley. Yeah. They couldn't have both City's players. opportunity yeah. ended, yeah. Yeah. But, so, that, but, I mean, that could be sort of, you know, like a very real reality that we get halfway through this season where, up, hopefully, up... Well, we've near, got two players on loan. We've got uh, yeah. O'Neill and we've got a McCormack. So, yeah. potentially, so their parent clubs could say, hey, we want them back in January. Yeah. Something that you sort of need to... Yeah, and um, you know, you 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 know that those two players are going to have a big impact uh, for this club, um, and we'll do everything we can to keep them here for the rest of the season. But um, we're we're in the realistic situation that we're we're starting from scratch. We've we've brought new players in. Um, if we get the academy up and running uh, the way we want it, then um, we'll start producing players in in a couple of years' time. So the things we we don't want to ask, this might be one of them, but um, just your thoughts on the VAR and its current implementation and, and maybe even a bit of the detail of how the VAR impacted on the game on the weekend. Um, look, I've been, a, like I say, I've been overseas for a few years and um, I'm, I'm not 
I'm aware of the VAR. I obviously had it in the World Cup and uh, seen it in uh, a little bit on television from afar here. Um, there was a debacle in the grand final last season. Uh, I was there and I didn't realise what had happened on television because I was actually at the ground and I didn't realise the kerfuffle that had happened with this particular incident. Which um, makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was afterwards you're going, wow, did that really happen? Okay, it happened. But um, on the weekend... Um, Look, you, you, it's not about being diplomatic. I'm a person that I, I accept human frailty. And I don't think any player or referee goes out there to deliberately make a mistake. Um, they do need a little bit of help in terms of uh, goal line technology uh, or whether it's offside or what have you. But it, we, we can't get to a stage where it's like American football where the referee's standing there explaining to the crowd what's going on through a microphone and going like this with his with his uh, four fingers across there, yeah, VAR or whatever. Um, I, I, I'm not a great fan of it, to tell you the truth. And on the weekend, it impacted in a few ways. One was their goal was disallowed um, after about four minutes, and our goal was disallowed literally instantaneously. Now, that was a bad look, as far as I'm concerned, because it, it, it was like, we're not even going to look. Didn't put it on the screen. They were either similarly close or um, they, neither was close. Yeah, and, and, I think, and I think that why I'm not really crazy mad about it is that I looked at theirs and I said, oh, that's pretty close. So do you give the benefit of doubt? And I looked at ours and I go, he was well, off. That's gone, that's pretty close. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. Look, this is, this, is, this is the beauty. This is why you guys have this radio show is because football is about opinions. Yeah. And uh, my opinion at the time was that we had scored, Khalifa was scored, and we were very unlucky because what wasn't taken into account and what people seem to miss is they're looking at the moment he's offside, but when's the, when's the ball been kicked? Because that's what's the key point. When is the ball actually kicked? Sometimes yeah. it's hidden by yeah, other players. Yeah. One, sure. one of the replays on the weekend had the line not in line say. with the last man <laughs> in the, the ball boy. Don't look at the foxtail lines because they're all skewed Did and they're not on the right thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of versions and, and I had many texts after the game saying, we were robbed because of Cissé's goal, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough." Um, but they'll be seeing they'll be saying the, the, the same thing. Um, overall, from the from the weekend, what I saw with the VAR, I'm 100% in Bosnich's uh, um, corner with regards to that decision in the Melbourne derby. I thought that was that was a very poor look for the game. Um, well, it was that, poor refereeing yeah. in general. Though, no, I'm not going to say it was poor refereeing. What I'm saying it was a poor look. It, it just didn't 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 uh, if that's shown in another country, um, people will say, what's going on in Australia? Um, so it's a thankless task, task being a referee, um, but we do need to get it right. Whether that's full-time referees, I know there's a couple at the moment. Uh, do we need more? Is there enough resources given to them? But don't hide behind a VAR system that is not working and keep saying that it's working. Yeah. And then defend it on Twitter Agreed. unsuccessfully. I don't know about Twitter. I'm not on it, but I, I, I listen. <laughs> Stay I, off it. Stay I, off it. Yeah, yeah Stay exactly. Off it. Exactly. So this weekend, Melbourne City, obviously they had a good upset. You might maybe call it on the weekend win. What are your thoughts on them? Have you had the chance to watch their win on the weekend? Yeah, I watched that game. I watched that game live on, um, was it Friday? It was Friday's first game. Was it, was it Saturday, was Saturday, it? Yeah, uh, Sid, the only game Sid, on the Saturday. Sid, Sydney, yeah. on, Sydney and uh, Adelaide, wasn't it, on Friday? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that game. Um I thought it was um, it, it, it was a dull 
derby. Um, I've seen some more explosive ones. And I, I'm not a fan of having the derby as the first game of the season. I, I'd yeah. rather have that three or four games into the season, give the lads a chance to get into it because the derby is a special thing. Um, so anyway, uh, they played. It was a good win by Melbourne City. Uh, Melbourne Victory had their chances. Um, great ball from Bratz to... Um, Terrific to, to throw ball. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know all about his qualities and what he, what he can bring. Um, but it was a bit, you know, both teams had chances to win. Um, in our game, we had chances to win um, as well. Um, so we're at home. So um, we'll, um, we'll prepare, have a go at them. There's, there's, there's no team we're going to sit back from. Um, we are going to have a go in our own way. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. It's another, another opportunity to put another step on the ladder and, uh, you know, and, and put our front foot forward. Well, it's been a long off-season. We can't wait to see the football back at Gosford. And best of luck for this week. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Thank you. All right, upcoming fixtures. Adelaide United versus the Jets on Friday at 10 to 8. Adelaide for sure. Have yes. to be. Based, Wouldn't it? Based off last week, Jets just... Just they they just have too many average players in that squad. Goodwin is going to run right. Yep. Goodwin SAS will probably carve up the midfield. Um, yeah, Adelaide should do it easy. Good. Um, we're against Melbourne City at five thirty-five on Saturday. Mm. This will be interesting. I as good as victory were, um, City beat them, so it's going to be a tough game. That's what I mean. I I thought first half Melbourne victory dominated City. Um, City weren't impressive. I mean, if you look at that starting lineup, you've got Kieran Backus who started who only signed like last week. Um, you know, Anthony Caceres, LaRocca, uh, Harrison Delbridge. Um, you know, all due respect to Lockie Wales, but you've got a lot of guys in there who haven't played um, a lot of A-League, or if they have, they're, you know, probably, I'd probably consider them more squad players. And then, you know, you surround them with a couple of decent players. Um, you happen to snag that kind of result. So, you know, when you've got a side with Fornaroli in it, anything, uh, anything can happen. And uh, that definitely showed on the weekend. And I mean... Um, Schenkenfeld and Delayette uh, probably my two were my two favourite city players from the weekend. Um, I thought Schenkenfeld was really impressive last season, and Delayette looks like a really good pickup for City as well. Yeah, that um, uh, he was super impressive. Delayette is impressive. amazing. Yeah, he's, so. and he's just uh, just a machine up and down the sideline. Yeah, so I mean, um, they got lucky, I think, with the very hard call, definitely. Roland McGree coming off the bench. Beautiful ball from Luke Bratton to put them through. That's going to... Um, I don't know why McGree doesn't start. That's If he starts this weekend, we're probably in a bit of world's well, drive. Did you hear why? a hard time. No, yeah. Joyce came out and said because he had his mind on other things like the Pushka Awards and the A-League opening stuff. So yeah. he said that his head wasn't in the right place. So right. other people were showing that he was... They were doing better at training, so right. So that that's interesting. If I mean, if that's the case, you would think after the weekend that he surely starts with the impact that he had when he came off the bench. So 
we need to we need to improve a lot defensively, especially with their front third. Um, you know, it's it's going to be very dangerous for us. So I would we were talking about this before. I'd like to see O'Neill start. I don't think he will, um, but I would like to start with the eleven that we finished with. Amen. Which is what you've said a couple of times. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, but I mean, I don't think that'll happen. I think we're we're going to probably go with the exact same. All, all reports are that Matty Simon will probably be alright to start, and I think um, we'll go with that same sort of a formation. Uh, Sydney Derby is following us at ten to eight. That's on one uh, HD as well. Mm. Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. you're gonna have to say Sydney FC, surely. Gonna have to say Sydney, but. Yeah, Sydney just have too good of a record against the Wanderers. and um, I, But I think the Wanderers will have a bit of confidence from their result against Perth. So I'm going to go sneaky Wanderers just to be... Well, I might even go with draw, to be honest. Just to be Sydney controversial. Sydney overly impressive against Adelaide. No, I didn't think so in the end. Anyway, um, Sunday's first game is Brisbane against Wellington. Brisbane. This could be really interesting mm. because obviously... Rudin has gotten Wellington kind of playing actual football. At home, though. Wellington were at home. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a bit different over there. Fair I enough. think Brisbane will do it. Because they all get nude at the 70th minute. Oh, yeah, that is <laughs> weird. It's 80th, isn't it? It's 80th, it's yeah. Is it? Tuts yeah. out for the boys. Yeah. Yep. Someone nah. said. Many tuts. Nah. Many tuts. Yeah. Brisbane. Brisbane, it's going to be close. Brisbane, their front third's just too dangerous. I think. If, I think if Taggart gets, yeah, yeah. he'll be the difference on, again. On the on form properly, like he's touted to become this goal scoring messiah, um, he will go nuts. And last game of the round is victory at home against Perth, and that's at seven pm on Sunday. 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, that's a tough Weird one. That's tough a time, that's a tough one for Perth, time-wise and all that sort of thing. Depending on when they come over and stuff, but um, that's going to be the challenge for Popovich this season to get rid of that sort of curse. Well, it'd be tough, just because of the time difference and it'd late. be better for them. It'd be like four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, but it's still going all that way on a Sunday. It's 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 always been their downfall, and it's always the excuse that you're trotting out about having to travel and no you know, going over there's. The five cool. hours on the plane, yeah. But, I mean, that's going to be the, probably Popovich's biggest challenge this season to try and try and eradicate those excuses that uh, always seem to come out for Perth. So, and if if anyone can do it, I think he can. Um, I still think Victory will win. Yeah, I think Victory will do this I one. think Honda is going to make a mockery of Reddy. Yes, and he, <laughs> Honda was on fire last weekend, so um, more of that. And uh, I think they should do it. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview with Mike. Uh, we certainly did. What a nice um, guy. Yeah, extremely nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports School at Erina. This week we talked to head coach Mark Mulvey, 
discuss the start of the 2018 season and recap the first round of the A-League. That's the same two things. Who wrote that? <laughs> I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke Morrow and off the Fred comes off the bench. <laughs> Brilliant. Professional uh, This is what happens when you have too many people accessing oh the same document. <laughs>